Welcome, welcome, welcome. Once again, this is Kopi with Vets. I mean, that's what I've been called right now. I mean, the other day I was just walking down and then one of my friends, instead of calling me Vets, he said, Kopi. I said, who are you calling? He said, me. He said, when did I become Kopi? Anyway, so that was a signature. So Kopi Vets. Ah, there you go. All right. So I'm waiting for my guest speaker. So she'll be coming up as well. I'm sure she is standing by with a cup of coffee. So before that, let me right so welcome all viewers who are just joining us and tuning at copy with vents and a very interesting topic today i'm going to have one of my very great speaker i mean we we spoke only i think about two days back and um we are talking like as if we know for 30 over years and there's a great conversation i read this great lady shyla colleague she'll be joining us very very soon she's the founder and senior psychotherapist from therapy rocks llc www.therapyrocks.com so she's going to come on board in, in in a very short time but before that let's talk about a little bit of emotions right we got appreciation of beauty we got anger anxiety we got fear we got horror we got love we got romantic you know excitement anxiety so we talked about all this right i mean the, the best person to talk about this is shyla so let's call shyla on board hello shyla hello hi Good morning. It's morning here in Texas. All right. So what, what time is that right now there, Shaila? It's 8.06 a.m. Wow. Yes. So you're really um, an early bird and getting ready. You got ready and then just for copy events. It's my honor, Shaila. Thank you so much. Yes. And anyway, most of the time I see my Singaporean clients at this time. Yeah. So I'm an early bird on normal days too. Thank you, Shaila. I mean, before we go on, and I know today's topic is a very, very interesting topic. I mean, that's what I always say to all my guest speakers, because today we are going to understand the value of emotions. Before we even dive into the topic, um, we know that you are actually from Singapore, all right? Yes. And now you are in Texas. So maybe you want to do a little bit of introduction for viewers before we put on the gears and hit the highway. Okay. Um, a little bit about my background. I mean, I was a uh, school counselor for a few years in with MOE, and then I moved here to Texas, um, and uh, I have my own uh, private practice now. It's um, since 2016, actually. So I started life as a school counselor, seeing young children and teenagers mostly. So I'm very familiar with the um, issues facing young people. And currently, my, my uh, clientele is mostly teenagers plus young people up to the age of 30, 35, around that age group, where a lot of you know, emotional issues cause, uh, become problematic. Thank you, Shaila. We already have some viewers who are saying that bless you for doing this so early. Right <laughs> now, it's a very uh, warm and humidity at Singapore, which is almost about just crossed nine or five so thank you so much again Shaila for joining us You're early yeah. live from Texas it's my pleasure we we have also have uh, a lot of people who are just joining us so thank you Tavania for getting more people on board thank you so much um, for joining us at Kopi event so yes viewers if you have any questions please type it out and uh, we try to take it as as it goes by right because we have a good um, a good 45 minutes of um, great discussion with Shaila, and then followed by we can take the uh, questions 
as it comes. Um, Shaila, I know we have um, a particular few questions uh, to, mm -hmm. to get started on this topic itself. But just talking about emotion itself, in, in our daily life, mm -hmm. we face a lot of situations, right? Anger, uh, frustrations, anxiety, um, mm -hmm. even we can even go into love, emotions and mm -hmm. failure, and, you know, mm -hmm. whether you're at the beginning of the love or at the ending or in the middle. But how can we just maintain with this so much of drama that's mm -hmm. going around us all the time mm -hmm. and you know and 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 we are showing that to other people so maybe mm -hmm. we want to get started on this first just a warm-up and then we dive into the question shala so you sure. are the expert first of all um you know emotions have to be understood well um fear of an emerging emotion is a very real thing because if an emotion is uncomfortable or difficult, it is usually um, something that frightens people, right? And um, blocks them from, from wanting to experience the fear. So what they normally do is they run away from uncomfortable feelings, okay? But the truth is the basic feelings of sadness, fear, anger, joy, they are hardwired into our brain for our own survival. If you look at a baby, for instance, a baby uses his emotions to signal a need. So if a baby is crying, all right, that, that means you either need to change his nappies or feed the baby or check the temperature, you know, of the room or something. Is the baby exposed to cold? So this emotion of screaming, um, is actually playing a very important role for the baby to ensure its survival. And if you pick up a baby and you're playing with the baby and the baby is chuckling and laughing, right? This is a, you know, a, a, an emotion of joy. And what function does it have for a baby? It also ensures survival of the baby because the baby is trying to connect with an adult so that the adult takes care of it. You know, so emotions have a very important biological function and they originate biologically. They are, we are hardwired with emotions. What happens when emotions uh, get dysregulated is when you interact with the outside world as you grow up, right? Certain emotions may not be allowed, say, for instance, in a family, okay? In a family that is seen as a you know, you have to behave yourself. You cannot show anger, for instance, all right? Or in another family, feelings of hurt and sadness cannot be allowed because it shows that you are vulnerable, you are weak, all right? So when there's a shame attached to an emotion, that's when the emotion gets corrupted, okay? So um, this is where the environment actually messes up the signaling process, right? And the person needs help. Uh, I think you have said it very well. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it seems like I'm, it's always a repeat, repeated things that I always tell my guests. Because, but no, you actually put the nail in the right spot and you just emily. But how are we going to handle people that, mm -hmm. you know, they think they have all the rights on another human or another mm -hmm. person and showing their frustrations, their emotions. I mean, we can understand to a certain point, but in, 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 in this era where mm -hmm. we are living right now, you tend to see people take things granted. 
one from one another, right? Mm. And then they it showed all the kind of frustrations to another mm. person. So they and lash the other... out. They lash out and they hurt other people, right? I mean, you can see this in a family also. I mean, many families, they communicate with drama, you know, emotional drama. So there's a lot of triggering of each other's feelings. There's a lot of anger and shouting and yelling and slamming of doors and, you know, all this drama going on. There's a lot of anger. You detect anger, but usually what is going on is the anger is a cover emotion. It's a cover emotion because it feels powerful to the person who's always angry. It, it feels like he's he or she is in control when she takes over a room or he takes over a room, you know, and lashes out and shouts and yells. So this kind of expression or manifestation of anger is to control. It's about power, you know. But if you were to calm down the person and talk to that person, what you normally find as a therapist is that beneath that anger, you have a lot of hurt. Okay, the person is lashing out because there's hurt. And what you need to do when you sit with somebody with anger, which is very difficult to do because it's happened to me several times in, in, a, in a therapy session, you know, when somebody is so enraged and so angry that, you know, they can't even sit down in the chair they are they're lashing out and their hands are all over the place. And, and what you need to do when you sit with somebody with anger is allow that energy to flow. Difficult as it may sound. Allow it to be released. Allow it to be discharged so that you can locate the real pain the person is feeling, which is deep beneath somebody has hurt this person. There's disrespect maybe or feeling of uh, being shamed for something. So you want to allow this higher energy of energy uh, of anger to actually shift and move out. So discharging emotions in a very safe way is important for you to get to the origin of where the pain is. A therapist's job is actually to locate the pain. And sometimes it doesn't come straightforward. You know, it's, it's manifested in other ways. All right. So that's why it's actually a skill to sit down and uh, learn how to sit with somebody else's uncomfortable emotions. And you cannot do that unless you know how to sit with your own uncomfortable emotions. So the thing is, you ask yourself, how, how many times have you run away from your own uncomfortable feelings? You know, like... You feel pain coming on because you feel sad. Somebody you love has just died. Or someone has hurt you very badly. Someone has betrayed you, for instance. You know, So the pain is emerging. But before you can fully experience that pain and the intensity of that pain, you have run away from it. Running away from it is usually... Running away from pain is usually running away towards unhelpful coping mechanisms, retail therapy, spend a bunch of money, you know, go clubbing, drink, substance abuse. So eventually what happens is running away from the pain becomes more painful. What you should actually be doing is if you see pain as a storm, all right, running away from the storm is not going to solve any problems for you. But turn around and run towards the storm, 
go into the eye of the storm, go through the storm, go through the pain, and then you feel the calm and the peace that comes beyond. Because if you understand emotions, the word itself, emotion, comes from the word motion. Okay? So movement. So what you need to understand is that an emotion is not fixed. The intensity and the frequency and the vibration of an emotion is not fixed. It can change. Everybody has experienced this. I mean, when somebody just passes away, somebody close to you passes away, the intensity of the grief is very high. Okay, it's a high intensity. It's very, very painful and it's almost physical. You feel a tightness of your chest, the lump in your throat. You want to cry all the time. It's a very physical feeling. But if you allow that feeling to be released and you sit with that feeling, don't run away from it, just sit with it, you'll find that the intensity of that emotion changes. So emotional energy is fluid. It's not fixed. So the pain or the grief may not go away, but the intensity is reduced. Now, you have to ask yourself, how much, how, how much time do we give ourselves this space, you know, to feel something so profoundly? We don't. Normally, we escape it because it's easier to do. And when the more you escape pain, all the time you escape it, the less resilient you become, you know? You know, Shaila, I think... Um... I got to say this again, you know, I, I think I should just record it in a recorder and just say you said it beautiful again, beautifully, right? I think uh, nowadays what people does is they have a couple of masks, mm -hmm. not the fake ones that we wear right now from protecting the Corona-19, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the COVID-19, but it's a face mask that they cover the face mm -hmm. and different aspect of their life or different people they go through. So we are now a lot of more dramas adding mm -hmm. on to that lot of other emotions mm -hmm. and then we are just this melodrama melodic drama but you say it beautiful again because i've got to emphasis or emphasize that that you know don't run away from the storm yes address it walk through it understand it feel it recover recharge rejuvenate and move on i mean yes if i if i, if I just yes. echo it i think that is yes. such a, a lovely and a wise words that mentioned by shaila thank you yes. so much Shaila, for saying that Yes, and you need to be able to do this for yourself before you can help anybody else, you know. Um, because what will happen is when you try and help somebody who is having a difficult emotion or an intense emotion like grief or sadness, all right, if you yourself haven't processed your own feelings and you yourself feel comfortable, what do you tend, uncomfortable, I mean, what you'll tend to do is you would try to take that person away from her own pain. So instead of sitting with that person, so let's look at what sitting with a person in, in pain looks like, right? Um, imagine a hole and this person is feeling very isolated and sitting inside this hole, okay, of depression, right? And you want to help this person. So you go to the edge of the hole and you say, hey, I'm so sorry you're there, right? Um, how can I help you? Okay, this looks more like sympathy. Like you're sorry for that person. You feel that you're in a better place than that person and therefore you have that, uh, you know, the, the street credit, you know, to, to, 
to help this person, right? But it's not, that is not what empathy looks like. Empathy is getting into the hole with that person, all right? And making sure that you give that person emotional space and time and the right environment to fully feel his pain. That means you don't bring yourself into it. You give them all the airtime. And it's going to be very difficult for them. You have to have a lot of patience because very often you're dealing with somebody who is afraid of their own feelings. You know, when it emerges, they try to suppress it. And when they keep trying to suppress it, how it manifests is they feel numb. That's often what you hear people say. I feel numb. I can't feel anything. So what do you, what do you say to somebody when you're sitting in the hole with them and they say they feel numb? First of all, you're down there with them and you're not going anywhere. So they know you are sincere. You are genuine. You're not taking them away to a club to forget their pain. Yeah, you're not speaking from on top of there, looking down at them. You're sitting there with them and you're telling them, I have all the time in the world. You know, you are in, you're feeling numb. So one of the things I say when people say that to me as clients is I say that you must experience a lot of pain to be feeling that way because Numbing yourself is actually a coping mechanism. When you have overwhelming sad emotions, all right, how does your body cope with it? They turn numb, they shut down. Okay, so that is an indication. Actually, that's a connecting point. A person has already told you they're numb. So you can assume there's pain behind that numbness. So one of the first things you can say is, I can sense your pain. You know, and then you, you, you actually open up the conversation and they will tell you exactly where they are, where the pain is located. And never ever, the other attitude is that you never ever say to them what's wrong with you. Okay, that is shaming them for their feelings. It's not what's wrong with you. The approach should be what happened to you. It's one of curiosity. What happened to you? What, what got you to this state? You know, so these are some of the tips that I'm giving. I mean, this is what I do routinely for work. But the thing is, every time somebody is in this hole, you cannot be dragging them to a therapist. They may, know, they may not be access to a therapist. So this is a skill that anyone can learn and apply. And the more you learn and apply it, the more comfortable you become with your own feelings. The more permission you give yourself to feel the entire spectrum of feelings. Okay. You know, Jaila, um, mm -hmm. just as we as we speak on and we are going in deeper, and I mm -hmm. think um, our viewers are enjoying as well. Um, we have a couple of messages that just come in. Mm -hmm. um, we have here. You're spot on. Sometimes all we need is someone to be present present yes. in our space without judgment and a lot of more other messages are coming in mm -hmm. um but as we as we go on i also see a particular message that's coming in i'm not sure mm -hmm. that you might want to take this because i know um we, we talked about this earlier
But we have a gentleman here who has said that he has an depression. I'm not showing the face or mm -hmm. the, of course, yes. Financially, they're confident there. Mm -hmm. He said three years my father and mother uh, passed on. I blame mm -hmm. others, people, because it's their failure. Please mm -hmm. help me. So I think this gentleman is under depression for three years mm -hmm. and because the parents are no longer around and mm -hmm. blame others for it. And um, he, he needs... He he, okay. This, this is a specific personal issue. Um, first of all, I need more information, you know, to help. So uh, he is more than welcome to contact me. And I'll speak to him personally. Thank you, Shaila. So, um, the I mean, probably everybody can see that because he's typed in the common um, space. I mean, of course, yes. uh, William, thank you so much for the message. You can actually contact yes. Shaila. And yes. She requires a little bit more information. before. Yes, can you can speak. contact me through my Facebook because it's on yeah. there or, or through Vans. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if you do want to contact Shaila, this is um, a, a website. All right, she's also in the Facebook, Shaila Pauli. You can actually find out. If not, you can go to www.therapyrocks.com, right? Thank mm -hmm. you. Okay, um, we also have another person who also agree that emotional abuser is beginning there. How can they be helped, right? We will cover that. Uh, thank you, Tanya. Uh, Tabania, right? So we're going to go into the first question itself because the topic is very interesting. Um, we actually spent just 30 minutes without even diving into the topic. But, you know, Shaila, even, you know, there isn't any, uh, we're not comparing to any uh, countries or whatever, but I think this happens most of the time in mm -hmm. one particular group that I do not wish to say that. I mean, it's never mm -hmm. good to pass judgment. Mm -hmm. But many families communicate in loud and dramatic ways that are unhelpful, beat mm -hmm. resentment, and causing a drifting apart of family members. And I always heard that when someone is shouting means the, the person is far. But in fact, the person is just less than one meter. So yes. there's a lot of frustrations going on, mm. even when we see during the pandemic or even non-pandemic period of time. Mm. How can one correct these situations? Looks like a big issue right now among the community. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes these um, ways of communicating within the family are learned. These are learned patterns, you know. Their parents may have communicated in that way and as asserted power that way and getting the children to obey, you know. So that's the kind of uh, parenting they had as kids. So they apply the same method, you know, and very often I, I hear them say, oh, you know, why are the kids these days so sensitive, you know. In the old days, they used to take the rotan and canus and we are fine. But, you know, the thing is, I think we survived despite the treatment we got, not not that we became more resilient. And there's no need to, to repeat that pattern, which is unhelpful, uh, you know, when there are other ways of dealing with the issue. First of all, if you look at the underlying feelings in a family like that, many of them are frustrated, okay? Things are happening in their lives, like during the pandemic, jobs are lost, you know, um, friends and family may have died because of the pandemic. They're coping with a lot of things. But in a family, sometimes you, you don't want to show that you are hurt. You don't want to show that you are sad because very often these feelings are shamed as, as, uh, as signs of weakness. So you have learned that you don't show that. I, like I've heard mothers say, I don't cry in front of my children because 
I, I don't want to show them that I'm feeling this way. But actually, I think it's more helpful if you cry in front of your children because it gives them permission to cry too and talk to you about sadness, right? Because if, if feelings of hurt cannot be discussed within close members of a family, right, where are they going to go? All right? Are they going to turn to Instagram and Facebook and, and talk to strangers, hoping for some connection with a stranger? That's a safety issue for young people, you know. So there are dangers, there's risk factors out there if they're going to look for connection there. And you cannot change anything about that. You can't change the outside world. There will always be social media. There will always, there will always be bad people on social media. There's nothing you can change. All it can change is the situation within your family. You know, build resilience within your, 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 your family members, you know. Make it okay to cry. Make it okay to be hurt, right? And um, so that the communication channels can be open and you know exactly what's happening to your teenager. You don't need to shout and yell and, you know, all of that. You can go straight into deep listening. You know, Shaila, I have learned something as well today. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure about viewers. I mean, viewers are welcome to type in. You know, often it's shown as a weakness, mm -hmm. um, or your kindness can be a weakness, or your weakness is always being used by others to mm -hmm. take advantage of it. But it, it seems like a bit different when I speak to a psychotherapist today. I mean, um, and with your expertise, because it, would you think that a weakness that when we share will mm -hmm. be used against us in future because it is possible, all right? If he has mm -hmm. a weakness for chocolate and if my friend knows about it, he can be used against me. I mean, not say that he'd be using that, you mm -hmm. know, eating a chocolate in front of me, but in circumstances change, situation changes, environment changes, people changes. Mm -hmm. So in that aspect, do you think that, you know, showing a weakness to someone mm -hmm. can be used against us? Um, no, you, you don't share it with the whole world, of course. Uh, you share it with people you are close to and those whom you are uh, confident love you, you know. And uh, you don't need to share it with all, everyone out there. Or if you feel that you need to seek professional help and you see a therapist. No, that's not what I meant. I, I, what I meant was in a close family situation or among close friends that you feel safe with, you can be vulnerable, right? Um, and vulnerability in terms of sharing a very uh, uh, precious feeling of sadness and all that actually builds connection. If you, if you are talking to a person who is safe, right? When I'm able to show that I'm vulnerable, even if I'm a father, if I'm able to show to my daughter that I'm vulnerable and I can cry and things can hurt me, I just got fired from my job, you know, that builds connection between your daughter and you. This has nothing to do with age. You're actually teaching your daughter that it's okay to feel this way. It's okay for me to feel this way so that when it's the daughter's turn to feel that way, the father can step in. So it builds a bond, you know. That's why my, our mission at Therapy Rocks is to teach people how to, to hold space for people. Because that space of vulnerability, which you open yourself to with safe people, 
is where you build connection. Can you imagine a whole community of people learning how to do this? How that community is going to look like? You know, because if you're going to shame feelings, shame the feeling of hurt, for instance, or anger, right? If you shame the feeling of anger, okay, over here in the States, I mean, if anger is continuously suppressed, 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 it's going to explode with a teenager. He'll be building a bomb in his backyard or he'll take a gun and go to a school and shoot. This is unresolved. This is anger that has been suppressed, you know? So allowing for safe release of feelings, a discharge of feelings with a person you can trust is a very good practice for both the person holding space and for the person who's having the uncomfortable feeling because the roles will flip and flop. Today, I'm the one who is feeling it and you are holding space for me. Tomorrow, in the roles might switch and I might have to hold space for you. So it's a skill that doesn't have to reside just with a psychotherapist. It can be taught. Beautiful, beautiful. I, at yeah. this uh, point, I got to say something. I just received a message. Mm. Um, please send me a link. I might have someone who needs help. I like that she's private and she's professional. So mm -hmm. well done, Shaila. I mean, one of our viewers has messaged me. So yes. definitely I'm going to give you the link. Probably she knows someone that needs some assistance. So that's I'm, where you're I'm happy to help. See, the thing is, you may have a concern about a family member and you may ask a question in public, but you have not got permission from that family member to talk about it. So it's professional ethics. So I rather deal with those questions privately, you know, so that nobody else around the person asking that question is hurt. And we have also have a, a couple of questions that's lined up and we are just mm -hmm. in the first question. I know we have a couple of questions, but probably I'll just want to take another one more question. Yeah. So we have another viewer, uh, mm -hmm. Sinaram Sarah Shamila. All right. So she okay. has asked, um, it's, it's stressful. Singapore, how do you build resilience in our children? So I think this is one of the biggest topic for mommies and daddies, right? About okay. children resilience. I think that's one of the challenge role they have apart from their profession? That's a good question, actually. Yeah. All right. Um, I, uh, Sarah's children are young, right? Like primary school. Is it? Yes, I, I think you're dealing with very young children here. That's a great yeah, place, actually, to start. If you can start uh, with very young children, you know, and parent them properly, build resilience in them, that's great because they have less problems when they become teenagers, you know. So here's where I want to talk about shame and guilt, the two things. Shame and guilt are very uh, complex emotions, okay. They are not, they don't purely originate biologically. They are a product of um, your own personality and the environment you're in. Okay, that's, that's uh, shame and guilt. Now, what's the difference between shame and guilt? Shame happens when somebody is called out for getting out of a social norm. For example, you called out for something that is beyond their control, like the way they look in a swimsuit, all right? Somebody is shamed for the way they look in a swimsuit or shamed for the color of their skin or shamed for 
their performance in school, their academic performance. Usually for a child, those are uh, things that they cannot do anything about, right? When a child, another child teases them about their skin tone, for instance, that, that brings, makes the child feel, oh my gosh, you know, there's something wrong with me, right? And they go home and talk to their parents about it. Now, that is put on by external factors, all right? And if it is allowed to fester, that means if more and more incidents like that happen, the child thinks more and more, if you don't discuss it or process it with the child, more and more the child thinks there's something wrong with me. The, 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 the focus turns inwards. There's something wrong with me. They never think there's something wrong with this child who's teasing me. You know, he, he has not been raised well. You know, that kind of thing. The, a child cannot think like that, process like that. So it's very important for the parents to step in and say, no, this child said this, but, you know, your skin tone doesn't matter. You know, and come up with examples, you know, of, of, of famous people of your skin tone who are doing well in life, you know. So you need to have that kind of a conversation with them. Okay. Now, having said that, uh, children are also sensitive to feedback. When a child's self-esteem is, is, uh, is affected like that by shaming, continuous shaming with no processing, his self-esteem will dive. Okay, when the self-esteem goes down, then any kind of feedback they get is seen as shame, all right? So even if a math teacher said, hey, you know, uh, John, you're, you, you're not doing very well in this topic, you know, and uh, also it depends on how the teacher is conveying the message, and uh, you may need extra help, you may need extra lessons, you know, on this topic, you know. But the child, because he's already been previously shamed so many times, he adds this on, there's something wrong with me. I'm not just the wrong skin tone. I'm also stupid because the teacher gave me this feedback. So when, when she, this child goes back, the parent has to say, no, this feedback is actually useful, right? And it can be used to develop yourself. Okay? I give you an adult example that is the difference between shame and... and uh, shame and uh, guilt, okay? Say an adult um, had a night out with his, with his friends and drank too much, and the next day he turns up late at work. This is an adult situation, okay? Turns up late, late at work. Somebody who has been continuously shamed throughout his life, when he gets scolded by the boss for being late, will often think, I'm such a loser. I can never get anything right. Because they make it all about themselves. They've been shamed so much in their lives. You know, they make it all about themselves. But um, someone who has got a healthy self-esteem, where shame is often processed as soon as it happens, all right? So their self-esteem is still intact. When they get feedback like that from the boss, they know that it is what they did that was wrong, not them. So, okay, I've been very irresponsible. I drank too much yesterday and I turned up late today. And now all my colleagues had to do my work for me. You know, that was very irresponsible. So they look at what they did as the thing that needs to be changed. 
So they go away saying, okay, I have to watch what I drink. If it's a day before a work night, I have to limit my drinks. I have to turn up on time the next day. I don't want to inconvenience my, my colleagues. So that's what guilt looks like. Guilt is looking at the act. Shame is looking, always blaming yourself for things that happen. You know, so if you have a good self-esteem and you've got good parenting, your, your parents have taught you the difference between shame and guilt or the difference between healthy feedback and toxic shaming. You know, many of us are actually guilty of toxic shaming, right? If you're guilty of it, stop it. You know, if you're saying something to a person, the person cannot do anything about like his skin tone, that's wrong. That's simply wrong. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. I mean, uh, I'm learning. I'm uh, in a deep mesmerized, you mesmerized. You know, the white <laughs> piper who, who, you know, blocked up the, 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 the <laughs> his, his, his flute or whatever we call it. He brought yeah. all the red stuff just like that. You know, it's very interesting to understand because um, every one of us, I think, have their own options, uh, opinions. Uh, when it comes to emotions and um, I'm, I'm sure most of our viewers have went through this part of in their life but I think uh, memories or emotions like what as uh, Shaila has mentioned here I think is is spot on like guilt and shame you know you're you always be a self-victim mm -hmm. you're always blaming and looking mm -hmm. at things but it, someone can be emotional all right like what Shaila said be emotional address mm -hmm. it Face it, overcome it. Pain will eventually will be sloughed and you become stronger than ever. But don't dwell yes. on it. Don't just sit down and expect yeah. things to move. Get expertise help. Go and approach a loved one. I think that is the kind of solution that we are looking upon mm -hmm. to get uh, better, better uh, solutions, right? Yes. Well, you know, that, that's the thing, you see. When you are able to sit with your pain for a while, the intensity of the pain will be less and less and less, right? Now, what happens magically is there's, when you have less emotionality, less feelings, right? Or, in, or rather, the intensity has reduced. You become more clear in the way you think. Your clarity increases. Then you can look at problem solving. How do I get out of this situation? You know, once you can get, when you're sitting with someone or giving them space, and you're able to bring them to a point of less, less, uh, less pain, less pain, even less pain. Then they start to be able to think about, okay, maybe I have solutions to my problem. You can see a solution. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, but if you're in a fog of very intense feelings, you cannot think. It's a hopeless situation. You know. Thank you, Shaila. Once again, I'm, I think by end of this show, probably I've said more than 100 times of thank you, right? <laughs> it's amazing. It's good things. And uh, I think I'll thank you for having me on the show because it's always my, you know, I originally I started as a teacher. So the, the education aspect of our work is very important to me. I, I do think that parents can learn a lot of things. There's, uh, there's no, parents, I mean, parenting doesn't come with a manual. Yeah, you hear that often, but really there's a lot of things you can learn, a lot of skills that you can apply. And if you have made mistakes, you don't have to sit and cry. There are ways to reverse 
you know, bad habits. But you need to talk to your, for instance, a mother or a father who has been applying very poor skills of managing uh, their children's emotions or, you know, parenting skills are a bit wonky, all right, so to speak. The first thing you do is tell your, your family members, I think I messed up a little bit here and there. I want to start all over again. I want to learn how to, to parent you properly. So you set the stage, you set the framework, and your children, tell your children, please support me, because sometimes it is like two steps forward and five steps backwards, because you have a pattern of reacting, you're triggered easily, and you react in the old pattern. So if you, if you frame it properly and tell your children, look, I'm trying to change, I'm trying to be a better mother, I'm trying to be a better father. So please forgive me if once in a while I, I take 10 steps backwards, but I'm trying to move forward. You know, habits take a long time. A bit, new behaviors take a time, take some time to, to be, you know, internalized. So tell your, your family first what you're trying to do. Because if not, they will be responding in the same old patterns too. Because you trigger them, they respond in the same way. The family pattern has already been set up for years. But it can be reversed. It's not the end of the world. So it starts so all there from is the hope. Start from all from the individual to make that extra effort. And then mm -hmm. with that extra effort on a single day, eventually it will turn up to become a yes. biggest Baby steps. steps. Yeah. All right, so um, Shaila, we're going to go move on, and um, okay. we also have uh, more um, messages that's coming in. Frame it up, okay. own it. With love this. Thank you for this. I mm -hmm. know I'm the right track. Thank you. So people are doing. Um, yes. I mean, the viewers are checking in themselves. So thanks to Shaila as well. Thank you so much. And Shaila, you know, I am a I'm a strong believer of this um, uncomfort zone is always a growth zone. I always yes approach this, and I yes. always put myself into that. And I think mm -hmm. um, people do want to be in comfortable zone all the time. But I think yes. to make things better, like what you just had said, right? I think it's a very powerful word that you have said. Yes. That because that's you know, where your power is. That's where your resilience is going to be. Walk towards it. Don't run away from it. And you know? walk towards your storm, not away yeah. from the storm. Yes, right? get into the and eye of the storm. It's very calm in the eye of the storm. Because if you can sit there and feel the intensity of your pain, you are building tolerance to the pain. And that's where your resilience comes from. That's where your power comes from. You know? We got more messages that's coming in. Thank you to all the viewers who are tuning in. So if you're watching this, please do share and like so that it can reach out to more people uh, where Shaila which is sharing her work right now on live. She's from live from Texas and the founder and a senior psychotherapist at Therapy Rock. So thank you um, um, to, 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 to Shaila as well. Oh, we have- uh, Thank you. Thank you for Yuchia. having me. We have a uh, Dr. Yuchia here who is a, a consultant for, uh, it's a great doctor. So thank you, doctor, who are coming on board. Thank you so much. And he also completely agrees with that. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Um, I think we need to go to the second question because we are still stuck on the first one. I okay. think it's very interesting as we go on. Um, yeah. Again, Shaila, I think I, I, we want to uh, concern on the emotions because we do see all the time mm -hmm. between friends, between family, between marriage couples and lovers, you know, we mm -hmm. always see that. But we have to come to a point where we need to understand that biological origin of emotions are the importance of not balancing mm -hmm. judging that 
Yes. In other words, there is no such thing as a bad or good emotion. Today we learn yes. it from you. We are yes. you. That has a biological origin. But yes. emotion derived from the social interaction, shame and guilt, we just covered it. Those are the, the problematic ones. Yeah. Personally, but we haven't touched the mental health because it is affecting a lot of people, whether they are doing quarantine, whether they're not meeting their loved ones. With mm. this ever-changing environment that we are in, people mm. are going through this biggest pandemic as well, which is the mental health. Mm-hmm. how one can cope up at this point of time because some who are just watching it silently but mm-hmm. they might be crying for help and you know probably sending us a message but for for Shaila's expertise what would the, the tip of your advice be? For people who are in in quarantine is it and feeling are you talking about loneliness? We, we that... can go into that as well because yeah. I think loneliness and you know where where they keep it to the, everything to themselves yeah. because we we okay. cover shame and guilt. So mm. I think loneliness we should go in as well. I I think a lot of people are very uncomfortable with solitude, which is sad because solitude can be a a thing that is a strength too. Because in your are you are you comfortable with your own company? There's so much you can do with your own company. You can. Um, express your emotions. If you're feeling down, you can journal. In my practice, I strongly encourage journaling because it also allows for the discharge of feelings. It is a record of your success with the way you dealt with your feelings. And you can always, when you anchor it by journaling it, you can go back to it and look at it and you can explore how how best you discharge your feeling because if you're feeling bad in isolation uh, which is forced in this case it doesn't have to be emotional isolation because you still can contact people but um the thing is you there's so much you can do actually to feel the feeling and and allow creativity to take over for instance when you journal you you find that i've seen journals where people express themselves better and better and better they almost can become writers because they're able to locate pain, express pain, and, and put it in a very beautiful way, sometimes in a poem. The, the, those who are inclined towards music can compose, or you know, they they're able to to turn on or, or release creativity. Where you can be authentic about your feelings, that's also where your creativity lies. So don't buy into this thing i'm all alone so there's nothing i can do with myself that's that's not that that's not true you know there's actually a lot you can do with yourself the the reason why that happens is people are not in touch with their feelings that's why right so get in touch with your feelings meditate for instance meditate on certain things that you are you are mulling over listen to music read you know Educate yourself. I find that a lot of uh, people are not psychologically minded. They don't read enough about their mind or or teach themselves things about psychology. There's so much you can do in isolation. But I agree. Certain um, phases of life, I mean, developmental stages, teenagers, for instance. Teenagers are most affected because during the pandemic, because they are at the developmental stage where they're supposed to individuate, 
move out of the family in the sense that, you know, at least emotionally separate from the family so they can prepare themselves for adulthood. It's a, it's a developmental stage. And here you have a pandemic that's preventing you from interacting freely with your friends, you know, trying to learn from the interactions, who you are, what the identity is. All that is, is uh, blocked, right? But it doesn't mean that if you're creative, you can still interact. I mean, I have two sons and um, they have two cousins. My sister has two sons, four of them in four different parts of the world. They interact by gaming, you know, they game and they, they play the game, but they also interact and talk to each other. They have conversations almost on a daily basis. So um, it's not true that you need to like be isolated just because you're physically isolated. You can still be emotionally collect, connected to people, you know? Thank you, Shala. So I uh -huh. think that's my 999 times saying thank you to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a really a fruitful one. We have more messages that's coming in. I got a couple of messages coming through my uh, WhatsApp comment also for those viewers who are not usually feeling very comfortable. Um, uh -huh. They can actually send to uh, uh, that content, I mean, the, to the number below here, which okay. is, of course, I will pass it to Shaila to actually to address it as well, if yes. that assistance is needed. needed. We, are, we are going to go into the third particular question that we always want to talk about. It's about mm -hmm. the drama. Mm -hmm. The disconnection brought on by drama switched out feelings that block deep listening. Many families communicate in loud, loud mm -hmm. dramatic ways, right? We, we mm -hmm. talked about, you know, they're shouting each other. Um, I, I think it's 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 a matter of respect. Um, it's a matter of understanding the situation. But I think because of the pandemic, we can't blame everything COVID-19, right? Mm. Uh, what will happen in the next Actually, what COVID-19 does, it, it exposes the areas where you need to work on, right? The pattern of communication. There is communication. Shouting and yelling is still communication. You know, something is going on, right? Yeah. It's actually better than shutting down. Right. If you have a family where everybody goes to their own rooms, nobody talks to each other, that's worse. All right. So shouting and yelling is not a bad situation. At least, you know, you're communicating with each other. Now, the thing is, how do you improve? How do you reverse the situation? Your aim should be to build connection. Communication alone is not enough. And poor patterns of communication definitely are not going to have positive outcomes for you or your family members. So build on connection. Building on connection means deep listening, right? So deep listening means like, you know, holding space, you know? And I can tell you some of the ways, I think we can skip to that point where what deep listening is about. What does it look like, you know? What does deep listening look like? Uh, what are the things you say and what are the things you don't say? You don't if you, if you look at the physical aspects, if somebody is trying to describe a feeling and it's taking time, don't rush them. Okay? Allow, give them the space to feel it. Maybe they're describing it for the first time, you know, because nobody ever asked them how, how pain feels like for them. All right? So give them the time. Don't say things like everything happens for a reason. You know, that is not very helpful. What do you mean by everything happens for a reason? You know, don't say things like snap out of it. You cannot snap out of a feeling. It's it's usually originating from your, your body. You can't snap out. It's not a switch. You cannot snap out of a feeling, you know? And then the other thing is also 
don't don't uh, block their release or discharge because by saying things like, "Oh, I know how you felt," you know, "I know how you feel because I also lost my my father," you know, like that. So you bring yourself into the space, and you stop the other person from from communicating his or her sadness. So you are in the background. You're just listening. You're facilitating. But you're giving that person space. It's not about you. It's about them. And you're not expected to give a solution to their problems. That's not what holding space means. They will come up with their own problems once the, the fog of confused feelings and pain becomes less intense. They can come up with their own solutions. You don't need to do that for them. And another important thing, this is not a space to, to inject uh, your religious beliefs on them, for instance. All right? Oh, God, come to God and God will, you know, these are not tangible to a person that's feeling pain. All right? And it's, it's actually you are a power, you're doing a power over, you're telling them what to do before they can even discharge their feelings. Do you know what I mean? Like, so there are certain uh, things about holding space that are very important, and it's a skill. It's a skill. And you cannot say, I'm going to, I'm going to learn this, and then I apply it. Sometimes you, you don't, you're not given a choice. It's there in front of you, and you need to sit down with the person with pain. All right? Embrace it as an opportunity, because you're going to learn how to get better and better and better at it. And when you demonstrate and model how you can hold space, you are also teaching the other person, the person you are helping, how to hold space for you in the future or to any other. So this is a, a, a thing that needs to spread, right? You have to learn the skills of what to say, what not to say, all right? Like, for instance, a child dies. I've seen this in my own eyes. It's, it's, it's so embarrassing, you know, I mean, when people hug the person who has just lost a child and say, never mind, you lost one child, you got three others. It's, it's, it's so insensitive, you know, like as if they are interchangeable things. So sometimes you can say the wrong things. The best you can do if you're not sure is to say nothing. Just sit there. Maybe they just need you to be present. Sometimes they will ask for a hug. And if that's appropriate for you, I mean, that's a permission from you. If you feel comfortable with the person who's asking for a hug, give them a hug. Sometimes I have clients who say, I, I really need a hug because I feel so terrible, you know. Then if you, it, that's, that's asking permission. You don't just hug anybody, you know. If I don't feel comfortable about hugging somebody, I'll say, I'm here for you, you know. And I may, I may touch his, his, his wrist or something if I'm not comfortable. You know, so you have to respect people's feelings about these things. But I'm not rejecting you. You know, always tell them what you're doing. That's exactly where we are going on for the next um, the question itself. But before that, I'm going to read a message. Fans, uh -huh. uh, she's amazing. Please, please, can you arrange to have more sessions with her so we all can learn more? So. <laughs> Yep, uh, I'll we, be we try that. She's a, she's a busy lady, but I'm, I'm sure along the way in the next topic, I'm sure she's going to, uh, if time allows and if, you know, she's not too much of a project, so definitely she will. No, I that. love the educational part of psychology. I love it. 
I love sharing it because I think, you know, we have we have a more holistic approach in Therapy Rocks. We want to educate people so that they partner with us when they're looking after their loved ones, you know. It's, it's pointless if I do therapy, say, with a child and then at home, they're doing the opposite, you know. So it's always good. I love doing parenting workshops, for instance, uh, because if you can set things right for a child from very young, you know, you give them a lot of protective factors. They are going to go into a world with risk factors, you know. But if you, and you cannot change that. You can't change the risk factors out there. But what you can do is build more resilience within your family, build more protective factors so that they can take that, you know. And they have good, strong personal boundaries. They know when somebody is actually helping them or shaming them or making them feel bad. You know, they are able to tell the difference. So right, while we are trying to protect our children, we also don't want to raise snowflakes, you know, somebody who's so sensitive to everything and anything that's said to them. Because that happens to people with very low self-esteem. They make everything about themselves. Thank you so much again. This is my thousand times saying thanks. <laughs> uh, okay. okay uh, I'm going to really uh, take the questions quickly because I know uh, I promised only one hour, but okay. now it looks like already beyond one hour and we have a few okay. questions. So I'm, I'm going to go, uh, you know, I'm really heating onto the highway. If you still okay. remember EP, East Coast Parkway, if you still remember. The, <laughs> oh, of course I do. I miss home. Yeah. So, so from, from second gear, mm -hmm. I'm going to put it up to the fifth gear right now. So <laughs> pardon me for that speed, yeah. Um, we, I, I'm just going to take two questions more, right, for you. Okay. Um, so we, we, we talked about emotions, we talk about the guilt, we, we talk about blames, we talk about shame and, and so on and so forth. But start with being able to sit with one's feeling. How do you do that? And how do you release emotions safely um, if they do not have an expertise or only a good friend to be around with them? But what's the cause of not doing that? And and again, we when we do this for yourself, you can better hold all the space for someone else who's experiencing a difficult, uncomfortable feeling. Yes. So what is the question? <laughs> the question the, will be how one should be able to release the emotion now. Oh, releasing emotions. Releasing yeah. emotions is simply sitting with them, feeling the intensity, feeling the vibrational frequency. Because when you sit with the feeling, you can tell when the feeling becomes less painful. If you don't sit with it, you don't know. It's just a feeling you're running away from. But when you sit with it, you can modulate, you know. You know, okay, when I first started sitting with this, it felt so uncomfortable. Now that I cry about it and I released it, sometimes you need help to release emotions because that's why people do natural things like when I feel sad, I listen to sad songs, you know, because the, the, the vibrational frequency of your feeling and the sad song is the same. So it helps you to release uh, the discharge, the feeling, right? When you discharge the feeling, you have that experience of intense sadness and then not so intense sadness. So that experience is very, very valuable because you know the next time you have an intense feeling that you can lessen the feeling by just sitting with it. Don't run away with it. Don't go clubbing. Don't go retail therapy. 
you're running away from it. So when the next time you have the feeling, you think, oh my God, why am I feeling this way again? What can I do with it? Because you've not learned the skill of tolerating a painful feeling. You've never seen it modeled by your parents. You've, you've not had any experience, you see. But now that you've learned it, you're, you know, when you see something, you don't unsee it. Well, now that you know it, practice it. That's all I can say. Practice it. It's not so scary. You know? You don't have to go to the point of feeling numb because the intensity of the feeling will lessen. It will. Sometimes other methods of discharging will be like journaling. You cry when you when you are writing down about your feelings, you cry. That's a discharge of feelings. And then art, art therapy is a real thing. I mean, I used to think that it won't work on me, but it's not true. I've done art therapy for myself. I mean, most therapists have been through almost all, a lot of modalities of therapy themselves. We need to be, you know, regularly in therapy ourselves so that we don't bring our issues into our sessions, you know. So art therapy is like using your creative outlet as a point of release, you know, music. Sometimes even a massage, you know, sometimes... When you're feeling some memories that are so painful, are so deeply stored in your body, I have occasions where I've seen people when they, they report that when they go for a massage, you know, and their mind is like at a rest, so they're in a trance state, they start to cry for no reason. And that's because all the pain that you have suppressed into your body because you couldn't release it, gets released spontaneously when you are going through a feeling of and massage is very nurturing. Somebody is taking care of you. And that's why it, it, it's in their own way, they are holding space for you. So that's why it, you cry spontaneously. Sometimes when you meditate, you cry spontaneously. You know? So that's we how... You... For one more question, uh, Shaila, and then sure. we take sure. more other questions from viewers. We'll just take one just, more. Just, just post it to me, minute. yeah. Just, just yeah. email me privately, yeah. So this is the, I mean, I know you have another one more to go through, which is, I know you talk about something about uh, BS, right? <laughs> Remember? Uh, okay, yes, so yes. Leave, the finale, positivity. I will leave it to Shaila to say something. I told Shaila, I said, this copy events is uh, open. Uh, who's the boss? I mean, yeah, so not to worry. You can say whatever you feel like. But but before we even go into the, to put in a neutral position and park the car, um, holding space for someone cannot happen if yourself are not comfortable with your own. But unfortunately, this is happening all the time. Everybody become a guru, you know. They become mm. a therapist. They become a psychologist. They become a whatever you know you want to call them. And then different different names are coming up. But uncomfortable feeling. The beauty of it is practicing holding space is what builds connection. And I know you believe in this very much. And, yes. And you you meant. There's the a higher heart. social purpose for learning this skill because a lot of times when people are in pain and they are feelings of depression or sadness is shamed, they have shame about their feelings, so they self-isolate. You know, it's hard. It, that's what depression looks like. A person who is depressed is ashamed of his feelings of depression, so they self-isolate and uh, they they are in a silo of their own, and that's very dangerous for that person. So if you have 
people like that in your family or among your friends, you might have to intervene and, and take them out of that low point of numbness or no feeling. You know, they, they, you don't, they're not going to come to you, in other words, because they are feeling ashamed of that feeling of depression. So they're not going to come to you. And they don't even feel compelled to come to you. There's, it's not a natural impulse. So it's up to the rest of us to be able to detect depression in others and actively go towards them. Don't wait for them to come to you. They're not going to do it. So that is why I feel the skills of holding space is very important for people, members of the public to learn. Start with your family. Be there for your family. You know, so there, there is a, a purpose in, in building community in, in, you know, in, in social groups to learn the skill. Because a therapist cannot be always accessible. You cannot get everybody and anybody to a therapist. It, it shouldn't remain in the domain of therapists. Holding space should be something everybody should learn how to do. Okay, and you can read about it on, on, on the internet and all that. The last thing I wanted to talk about is actually toxic positivity. Because in the 90s and all that, lots of books came up about, you know, don't spend time with negative people. They drag you down. You know, be positive all the time. Try saying that to somebody who just lost their job or lost a loved one. People snap out of it. Come on, you know, let's, let's boogie, you know, that kind of thing. That attitude is, is absurd, in my opinion. You know, that's toxic positivity. You know that song, Be, uh, be Happy? That, that is absurd, you yes, know? Yes. Yeah. You, you can't just switch on, be happy. And what happens is that actually contributes to, to getting a person who is depressed to feel shame for that feeling, all right? Because they, they, in their minds, it's like, I feel sad and I'm bringing everybody around me down. So I'm not going to interact. I'm going to hold back. I'm going to be isolated. So that is where the loneliness comes from. People who feel depressed feel that they don't fit into groups because they want to party. You know, I will be dragging down. I cannot find anybody to, to understand what I'm feeling. So I'll stay away from this group. So this is what toxic positivity does. And even adults, you know, experience that in work groups. Sometimes, you know, the rah-rah team building thing. Let's all be happy and rah-rah, you know. But somebody in the team might be experiencing personal issues and may not be in that, that vibrational state. You know, so, so it's not it's not authentic, it's not genuine. You know, so I call this toxic positivity. Then if you tell your children hey, don't hang out with all these people who are so negative, you know, because then you become negative. This is this is rubbish. Okay. I would say go towards the person who's feeling sadness. Learn how to sit with sit in the space with them because then you learn how to connect to other people. This is my mantra, you know. I always tell people, learn the skills. Well said, well said. Thank you. You know, today you make my job very easy. I always <laughs> say two things throughout the entire show. I say thank you, and I say well said. <laughs> you said it a thousand and, times. Thank yeah. you. So thank I, I think I've said that more than thousand and one time right now. So thank you for making my job today as a host. <laughs>
at yes. Kopi Red. Easier job. You know, Shara, I would love to have a real coffee with you when you hit back. <laughs> I should and, be uh, back by June, I think, next year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, because and I, bring miss you. Home. I miss my family, my mom, my, my brother, you know, my son. My sons, one is in Australia and the other one is in Singapore. So I miss my family and I miss the food. I miss my friends. Yeah. So, yes, it's a date with you and your hubby and yeah. your son. We are going for coffee uh, and a long drive with a nice uh, music, whatever song uh, yes. for your request. And, and more, going down the more meaningful conversations like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, Shala, it's more than an hour. I know you're going to start your day. Um, you 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 woke up early today, and mm -hmm. you know, in the last uh, last minute, you 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 agreed to be on the show. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, again. Thank, you. thank you. Yes, and, my day uh, is we will just definitely meet up again. Okay. Yeah. We will thank definitely you. meet up, and uh, a lot of uh, people are just sending their thank you mantras. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> for making a difference, and and so many so forth. But I'm going to also link up. A couple of people uh, to you because they have already sure. messaged me privately. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to. I'm very friendly them. and very approachable, and only too glad to engage and help. You know, right. yeah, yes. All right, Jala, thank you so okay. much. We will stay connected, and okay. uh, we will take it backstage. All right. Bye. Thank you so much. All right, folks. So that is um, Shaila, who just. Um, spent uh, a lovely morning of us it's about almost close to one hour plus with us at uh, Kopi with Vance and um, it's always my blessings to have great speakers like Shaila Kali to come board and sharing the experience I mean I'm not sure if you all have um, learned anything or if you have gained some knowledge from that but definitely for myself yes you know I always feel that you know weaknesses is some kind of a uh, uh, a pulling down factor but of course if you share that with your loved ones and and immediate families i think that is perfectly fine like that's what Elshala has said but um you know you know it's very fruitful i mean i learned a lot of stuff today from her and uh, she made my job easy for today all i said was thank you uh well done and that's about it you know the topic we wish we could ever more in the longer in the sessions but unfortunately you know she she spared a time and we do not want to hold her back but you know these are the interesting topics that we would love to bring uh copy events because we have been already been lined up on all our shows for the next month um the next month is going to be the month of diabetes where we're going to talk about exercises we're talk, going to talk about with endocrinologists endocrinologists is going to come in we're going to talk a couple of them we have already done over the years over the past 18 months but uh, it, we are going even more um stronger right now at copy events and it, it's all uh, reached to a certain level is because of our viewers we our support uh and with your love and a lot of feedback that's came in right whether it's someone saying that hey this is a boring show or someone will say this show is lousy or someone and say that hey this show is great and you know constant feedback right? i think that is where it, it is very necessary to make it even more stronger as we approach the second year a lot of changes has happened. We have a lot of series that's going to come in. We're going to go into different series. Very, very exciting news that I would love to share once it's all done and more shows going to come in. And uh, Kobe Rents didn't, uh, we don't even intend to stop this at any time soon, right? It is going to be an ongoing program and it's going to be complimentary at the moment where everybody just come in and sit back and relax at their own home 
with of course with a cup of hot coffee all right to stay awake and um, once again thank you shaila if you're hearing this thank you so much this is probably my thousand and third time saying thank you um we will i will catch you all guys and girls people the next copy events till then vans copy i catch you around ciao Bye.